TII Item 244, October 19th, 2012. As subtle as a brick through a plate glass window. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Today's episode is brought to you by SquareTrade. Please visit squaretrade.com forward slash TII to get your discount on your iOS device warranty. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Larry for sending in the music you hear in the background. Larry wrote, Hi, Rob. This is Larry from Windsor, Connecticut. I made this song for you using the GarageBand app on my new iPhone 5. Hope you enjoy it. Best regards, Larry. Well, thanks, Larry, for the music. And folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Paul for sending in the artwork for today's show. Paul wrote, Hi, Rob. Just used my iPhone 5 to take a photo of our front yard ghostly jack-o'-lantern and worked it up with Doodle Buddy on my iPad 2. Regards, Paul G. in Lawrenceville. Paul, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Paul's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 244, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer, as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. And I'll try to get it up on Google Plus as well, but likely will not. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They? We have the following quote. Quote, Apple has just one product. We have a portfolio. One size doesn't fit all. Unquote. Jim Balsilli, former co-CEO, Research Emotion, June 2012. $593 billion, $4 billion. Those are the market caps for the one-trick pony company and the company with a whole portfolio. Respectively, that is. Just saying. For promo codes, on episode 242, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app DeskCalc. I gave out well over 30 of those promo codes the other day, and the dev sent in even more, so I have a few more promo codes for DeskCalc left to give away. If you want more info on that app, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 242 for the additional details. This week, we have promo codes for two apps. First app is Anti-Snooze. Here is the review from the dev. Do you have trouble staying awake during boring meetings or teleconference calls that drag on forever? Or how about falling asleep during your commute and missing your stop? I present to you my anti-snooze app that will gently vibrate you back into an alert state so that you can stay focused. Beautifully designed with a very simple and intuitive interface, it has four fatigue levels to choose from that enable you to control how aggressive the app should try and keep you awake. It also supports the iPhone 5 4-inch Retina display and requires iOS 6. So check out Anti-Snooze in the App Store today and stay alert. Thanks, Sebastian, for your review of your app, Anti-Snooze, and for sending in the 10 promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, Send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put anti-snooze in the subject line. You do need to have iOS 6 for this one, so don't be sending in a request if you don't have iOS 6 yet. The second app we have promo codes for is the app Puzzle Farm Imagination Adventure. Four words. Here is the promo from the dev. Eggroll Games is proud to present the latest in our award-winning line of kids' games for iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch. It's Puzzle Farm Imagination Adventure, and it's chock full of brain-building puzzles that develop motor skills and shape recognition. Classic barnyard animals like cows, horses, pigs, and more wiggle, bounce, and spin all while playing authentic farm animal sound effects. You can find Puzzle Farm Imagination Adventure and our other titles for kids by searching for Egg Roll Games in the App Store. It's available for $1.99 or you can try it for free. That's Puzzle Farm Imagination Adventure by Eggroll Games. 
Thanks, Blake, for sending in the review of your app, Puzzle Farm Imagination Adventure, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Puzzle Farm, two words, in the subject line. As always, just send in one email for one specific app. If you send in multiple emails or ask for multiple apps in a single email, well then, no soup for you. A quick reminder, if you are an app developer, email me. If you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment, there is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev at the beginning of the review. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And now, into the news. Confirmed. October 23rd event it will be. This per the oft-rumored event for mid-October, which the iPad Mini is expected to be the main star of said event. Apple's invite pretty much was as subtle as a brick through a stained glass window, with the words, quote, We've got a little more to show you, unquote. Yeah, iPad Mini it is. It is interesting that there are many colors in the invite. Red, orange, violet, blue, yellow. Hey, if we're going to overly read into these invites, I mean, if I was a type of person that would do such a thing, then maybe I would speculate that the colors on the invite mean the iPad Mini, like the iPod Touch, will come in multiple colors. Or... It could just be that black and white invites just don't look really good. Yeah, I'll go with the latter reason on that as well. I guess we should give some kudos to All Things D for, you know, predicting the October 23rd date. And by predict, I of course mean opening up the email from Simon Pope over at Apple. Just saying. Yeah, those of us outside the inner circle of Apple's press, uh, we're left to look at calendars and events happening around the world to guess what dates and when Apple's going to do a special event. I guess I was wrong thinking Apple wanted to show up any announcements at ITU this week, when in reality, showing up Microsoft and their launch of the Surface tablet next week seemed much higher on their list. Who would have thunk? I really am not going to speculate on the specs of what the iPad mini may or may not be, we will go over the full specs as told by Apple on the next show. We just know two things for sure now. It will be smaller and cheaper than the current iPad. How cheap? Well, that depends on what rumor sites you read. One rumor from the past week comes from a supposed screenshot of pricing from a retailer in Europe. In said screenshot, pricing was roughly translated back to U.S. $249 for an 8-gig Wi-Fi-only model, with 16-gig Wi-Fi-only being $299 and $399 for 32-gig and $499 for 64-gig. Then there are the Wi-Fi and cellular versions, some saying there might be a Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, and 3G, and Wi-Fi and LTE grouping of units. So if you have four storage options, three wireless options, and two colors, you have a total of 24 different versions to choose from. Brilliant! Not really. Some other rumors have the 8 gig version at 299 and 16 gig at 349 and 32 gig at 399 and 64 gig at 499. Another 130 plus for the cellular or, or LTE versions. Yeah, pricing speculation is a mess on this one right now. Can't wait for the real deal on this Tuesday. As an FYI, Microsoft Surface RT pricing was made available this week. $499 is the low-end pricing for the 32-gig version, so Microsoft did not come in at the $199 price some had speculated. Nope, they did what they said they would do and come in with comparable pricing to the competition, i.e. iPad. Pricing for the Surface Pro will likely not be released until close to the end of the year, or maybe even a little bit after it. Now there's one big thing we should point out here. The 32-gig Surface at $499 versus the 16-gig iPad 3rd Gen at $499. Really, it isn't a 16-gig difference between the two for storage because the Surface requires 12-gig for the operating system versus just 1-gig for the iPad 3rd Gen. So you're really looking at a 
15 gig iPad third gen versus a 20 gig uh, Surface. So only a five gig difference between the two. By the way, information about that 12 gig being chewed up by the Surface, that comes from someone inside Microsoft that works on the Surface team. Don't worry, more insults on the Surface and their extra 11 gig needed for their OS in future episodes. Speaking of making fun of things, Saturday Night Live had a very funny skit this past weekend, and past weekend I mean the weekend before, not past weekend if you're listening to it, of the weekend of the 20th. Uh, anyway, Saturday Night Live had a very funny skit about the tech reporters complaining about the iPhone. There's a link over to CNET for the full segment, but here's part of the clip that I liked. Hello, welcome to Tech Talk. I'm your host, Caitlin Owens, and today's topic, the iPhone 5 and its plethora of glitches and design flaws. Joining me today are Josh Savage from CNET. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Adrian Terzoli from Wired Magazine. Hi. And Dennis Metcalf from Gizmodo. It's great to be here. <laughs> great. Josh, we'll start with you. What are your complaints about the iPhone 5? Well, Caitlin, everyone knows that Apple Maps has uh, been a total disaster. And since there's no Google Maps app yet, I've been forced to use Google Maps in my browser, which is significantly slower. Oh, what a nightmare. <laughs> Adrian. I'm just upset about the camera. Every time I point it straight at the sun, there's a very slight purplish hue in all of my photos. What is that? Exactly. It is unacceptable. Dennis? Well, the bottom line is, it's just too thin and too light. I mean, I know we asked for a phone that was lighter and thinner, but hey, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm holding three pieces of paper stapled together, not a smartphone. Wow. That must be so hard to deal with. It's a real struggle. I mean, whoever built these iPhones, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. Again, that clip is courtesy of Saturday Night Live. If you want the full clip, look for the link titled SNL Skit Skewers Complaints About the iPhone 5 in the show notes for episode 244 over at todayinios.com. And speaking of pointing your iPhone 5 directly at bright light and getting lens flare, the following is what I'm sure is going to be the first of many of these types of cases. It's called Cam Hoodie, one word. And it is a $25 case that claims to help reduce, or as they say, greatly reduce, purple lens flare on your iPhone 5. Yep, expect a few more of these to launch any minute now. So with all the tech bloggers, i.e. Android fanboys, on their high horses throwing crap at the iPhone 5, you would think it is doing horrible, right? Well, of course not. Those that are bashing the iPhone 5 are a bunch of nincompoops, to put it nicely, in the real world, finding an iPhone 5 is as tough as finding an article from DigiTimes that is accurate. And the web traffic from the iPhone 5 in less than three weeks is already greater than the web traffic from the Samsung Galaxy S3. Actually, quite a bit greater. This according to data from Chiquita. Now, don't misunderstand those numbers. That is web traffic they're talking about, not sales. I am sure the iPhone 5 has not outsold the Galaxy S3 yet. That is probably a few more weeks before that happens. But when looking at traffic from those surfing the web, well, in those cases, or in that case, the iPhone 5 has already kicked the S3's butt. Of course, iPhone 5 users might all be surfing the web to find out how to filter out the purple lens flare. Just saying. Hey, Rob, it's Carl from Connecticut. I just got the new iPhone 5, and for the most part, I like it. I ordered it on Wednesday from AT&T. They, they said it would take um, two to three weeks. And um, I got a letter on Thursday that it had already shipped, and I received it on Monday. So okay, this is probably like day four with the phone. And overall, it's got a great build and finish. But the thing that's bothering me is now I've noticed the rattling sound in the phone. I called up Apple on this, and they said to me, customer service rep said, um, yeah, that's the angle. That's the autofocus. It's supposed to make the rattle. As a matter of fact, you know, we've tried our best to get this rattling out. And I said, that's great. Can you just give me a document that says this is normal? Don't worry about it. This is a great, you know, this is the proper sound and everything else. And they said, oh, no, no, uh, you can't have that. Um, that's internal. That's just, you know, the company's secret or something like that. And I'm not trying to bash it all. Overall, it's been a great phone. I just think that, um, you know, we should be able to know um, whether or not, you know, something, what something is and 
disclosed or something like that. It's, it's fairness. I, I was just very surprised about that. Overall, it's been a great uh, device. Still missing the fact of the the connectors and everything else that I still have to work around. But I have a lot of Bluetooth devices, so it hasn't been that big a, a hardship. Anyway, thank you so much. Love the show. Bye-bye. Carl, thanks for the feedback. I do remember reading one review where the reviewer was saying that he also noticed that sound, but he didn't notice until after he had actually dropped the phone and he thought maybe he had done something to the phone. But then he went to the Apple store and he shook a few other iPhone 5s and noticed the same sound rattle on theirs. So it sounds like that is what Apple said. It's supposed to be that way. I really haven't heard you know, uh, many people complaining about it. It's not like been like a big issue. People just want to complain about pointing the phone at the sun and getting purple haze. But anyway, it does sound like what Apple told you is kosher and above board and that this is how the iPhone 5 is supposed to sound. When you rattle it around, you're going to hear that sound. Into the email bag we go. All right. In the last episode in your section on increasing battery life, you mentioned keeping the traffic setting active if you want the traffic information on your apps. Well, the setting refers to your willingness to provide the crowdsourced traffic data used by Maps. If you turn this setting off, you will still receive traffic data within the Maps app, but you are not providing that data. Regards, Chris. Well, hi, Chris. Thank you. I stand corrected. So obviously, it is a good thing to turn that off. I ask you're not sharing to the community, but you are saving your battery life. Hi Rob, this is Alan from Mexico. Um, just uh, commenting on the, on the uh, battery saving features that you that you've mentioned. Maybe for obvious reasons you haven't mentioned that if you if you put your phone on airplane mode, that's a, that's a, the, by far the, the most uh, battery saving uh, way to have your 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 iPhone. Uh, of course, you 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 have to not be expecting any to receive or any calls or to make any calls during that time. But uh, and it's basically an, iP- an iPod Touch and that during that uh, those moments. But uh, well, I just wanted to mention that because I think it might be helpful to, for some people. Love your show. Just wanted to help with that. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Alan, thanks for the feedback and the kind words. And I know a couple of other people also asked why I did not talk about or put in the airplane mode tip in there. And well. Again, that's fine when you want to be an airplane mode and you just want to have an iPod Touch, but I was kind of assuming that most people still wanted to be able to get calls or still needed to get calls during the day. So that's why I didn't mention that. But yes, if you don't want calls and you don't need to get calls, then put it in airplane mode by all means. Just remember you can't and will not get any calls when you're in airplane mode and you won't even get notifications that you missed calls. Well, not until you take it out of airplane mode, that is. Okay, back to emails. Hi, Rob. I just heard the latest podcast. I wanted to say that I am having the same issue as the guy who said his podcast started playing after a phone call. I've had this happen to me many times. In fact, when I am in the other room watching TV, I know someone has called when my phone is on silent because all of a sudden a podcast just spontaneously starts playing. I have long arms, but not that long. No chance that I hit the button too many times all the way from the other room down the hall. Definitely a real issue, not user error. Kind regards, Darren W. Darren, thanks for the feedback. Hi, Rob. Per the caller looking for a way to track data, there is a jailbreak app called WeTrackData, one word, with we spelled W-E-E. Regards, Hank J. Hi, Rob. In response to a listener on the last show, the app Data Man will track data usage to include specific apps data usage at a particular time. It is in the App Store and requires no jailbreaking. I've been using it for a while now and really like it. Regards, Lou V. Hi, Rob. You do not need to jailbreak to monitor data. Onavo, O-N-A-V-O, is an app in the App Store that does two things. First, it compresses your data so you use less. And second, it reports how that data is being used. That is how I was able to tell my wife to stop downloading apps when she wasn't at home and blowing her data limit. Regards, John H. Gentlemen, thanks for the heads up and recommendations for tracking data. And again, those apps were We Track Data, one word in Cydia, Data Man in the iTunes App Store, and also Onavo, O-N-A-V-O in the iTunes App Store. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. First time listener, listen to item 243. You had a listener that wanted a contacts replacement 
because she could no longer select only a single group without first deselecting every one of the other groups, well, which made me feel like the user tapped on each group, one after the other. There is, however, this simple way. One, tap all contacts, which selects all groups. Two, tap again on all contacts, which will deselect all groups. Three, finally tap the group you want to use. Regards, Johan. Hi, Rob. I wanted to thank you for the tips on the battery life. It has really helped my phone. I am now only losing about 20% overnight. Still not the performance of my iPhone 4, but much better. I'm sure it will get better with the next update of iOS 6. Did you happen to look at the corrupt bookmark article? If you go over to tidbits.com slash article slash 13303, it gets a bit involved with DFU mode and restoring, etc. Not sure if I have to restore it. Thanks, John P. And he is talking about an article, which I have a link in the show notes, titled Solving iOS 6 Battery Drain Problems. Look for that one. And it is about if you have some corrupt bookmarks in Safari, that could be causing you to have some issues with your battery life. It's in-depth. I'm not going to go over it here in the episode. Take a look at the article. If you're still having problems with your battery life after doing all the things I mentioned in episode 243. If you haven't listened to 243, go back and listen to 243. Or if you're a VIP member, go back and you can see the standalone post in the VIP section or look in the transcript for episode 243, and the list is there pretty well laid out. Hi, this is Scott from Montana. Uh, I just wanted to let you know about um, something I do to save on my data costs. I disable my um, my mail and my the push and the fetch. I disable those completely. And then what I do is I just have my mail that go in on my regular PC and have my mail forwarded to my Verizon phone number, which is, of course, your number at vtex.com. And then I get them as text messages so they don't eat up any of my data costs. And then if there's one that I need to read, then I'll go into my mail and retrieve it. But otherwise, you know, I don't waste any, any data charges at all. I'm not sure if you guys know about this or not, but I thought uh, it was good information and worth passing on. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Scott, thanks for the feedback. Well, with the new 5th Gen iPod Touch finally shipping, it means the folks at iFixit were able to get their hands on one and do what they do, which is open it up. Initial findings are, it is not easy to repair. Actually, it will be downright a pain in the home button. Speaking of home button, iFixit says the new design of the home button on the iPod Touch 5th Gen is not nearly as good as the iPhone 5 home button. Also, it has just 512 megabytes of RAM, and it is a A5 processor, which we kind of already knew that. One thing the iPod Touch 5th Gen does not come with is a mic on the headphones, or should we say earbuds? Yes, it, it has Siri. No, it does not have a mic on the headphones or earbuds. Brilliant! One other thing the iPod Touch is missing is an ambient light sensor which means no auto brightness. A supposed email exchange between an iPod Touch customer and Phil Schiller has Phil explaining that the iPod Touch 5th Gen does not have the light sensor due to the thickness or lack thereof of the new iPod Touch 5th Gen, that is. But barring all the issues above, it is really a neat device and should, well, sell well this holiday season, being it is still the best MP3 player on the market by a very wide margin. Thanks to Michael for the heads up on this next one. On the last episode, I mentioned you should turn on limit ad tracking as it is something Apple should have done by default, but they did not. So you need to go to the settings app, then general, then about, then scroll down to advertising and then turn on limit ad tracking, which really means it is turning off ad tracking. Yeah, not only did Apple have it set wrong from a user's privacy perspective, they also worded it like Yoda would have. Nice, Apple. Nice. And by nice, I mean limit nice turned off. One other thing you can do is turn off interest-based iAds. This is the heads up Michael sent in. To do this in Safari on your iOS device running iOS 6, go to OO. Apple.com. That's the letter O, the letter O dot Apple.com. And then turn off the toggle you are brought to. 
Again, that is from inside Safari you do that. Now this does mean you may get more iAds for say the Twilight DVD collector set when in reality they should be sending you the iAds for the two disc collection of the Expendables instead. But hey, you will rest assured that no database is tracking your ad preference. Hey Rob, how you doing? This is Camille Gosowski. I'm just calling to say thank you for promo code for Color Protect. Just was wondering if maybe you could mention something about 27-inch iMac, whether uh, you think that they might come out this year with a refreshed version of it. I know that uh, this is a uh, iOS podcast, but I was just hoping you could maybe just share your thoughts on that. All right, keep up the good work and uh, take care. Camille, thanks for the feedback and for the call. But sadly, I really don't track anything that's going on with the iMacs. The only time I really track anything with Macs is when I need a new MacBook. And when I need a new MacBook, then I'm kind of looking at it, but I don't need one right now, so I'm not even tracking that. Best suggestion for you is to listen to Mac OS Ken, although I haven't really heard him say anything lately about the iMacs, maybe a little bit, but I might have tuned it out. MacCast with Adam Christensen is another great Mac podcast. And then you can also listen to the Cultcast. So there's three podcasts for you, Mac OS Ken, MacCast, and the Cultcast. All three of those podcasts are very Mac-centric and do talk about iMacs and products other than just iOS devices. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, long-time listener, love the show. I received a notice that my lightning adapter shipped and I should have it by tomorrow, Thursday sometime. Not sure if you were tracking the timeline on these. Regards, Orland. Well, thanks, Orland. The lack of those devices reminds me of this past weekend. I was at PodCamp Topeka doing one of my presentations when I wanted to show my setup of how to connect a good USB condenser mic to the iPad. And I brought all my equipment, sans one key part, the USB to 30 pin dongle. That's the one from the camera connection kit. But luckily, or maybe predictably, one of the people in the audience said, no problem, and pulled out the dongle from their laptop bag, as Craig McCracken would say, and the day was saved thanks to the ubiquitous nature of the 30-pin dock connector. However, if you have one of the new iOS devices, I should say devices, but really it's just the iPhone 5, but if you have one of the new iOS devices in the next year that has the lightning port, that is not likely to happen if you needed it for your device. Just saying. I know, Rob. Get over it already. Okay, back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I had the same problem with your app not working, but I also had the problem before with another app, and I did exactly what you said. I deleted it and reinstalled it. Works perfect now. Thanks. Just thought you'd want to know. Regards, Robert. Well, thanks, Robert, and the others that sent in similar emails. Maybe it is not our app, after all, that is at fault, but maybe an issue with iOS 6. 6 or other iOS upgrades in general. Hey Rob, just writing in response to the caller whose keyboard shortcuts did not work with iOS 6. I have an iPhone 4S with iOS 6 and I also have a lot of shortcuts. After the updates to iOS 6, my keyboard shortcuts work pretty sporadically at best. Sometimes they come up if I wait an extra second or two and sometimes they never appear. My wife's iPhone 4S with iOS 6 has the same behavior. Regards, Jim. Hi, Rob. This is Ray from Richmond, Virginia again. Just a short note here to let you know about what you asked on your last podcast. If anyone had had their shortcuts transfer over from iOS 5 to iOS 6, and I just want to let you know that mine all did. When I heard you ask about it on the show, I checked mine. I really hadn't even thought about it. And uh, when I went into keyboard and settings, everything was, all of them were there that I had put in back when I had iOS 5. I will say that the reason I hadn't thought about it is because I don't really use them very much. And the reason for that is they don't seem to work for me. What the shortcuts that I put in will pull up the phrase or whatever I want the shortcut to be. It'll put that in there, but it won't be accepted a lot of times, especially when I do a shortcut for an email address or a password and I'm filling out something online on my phone where they're asking me for my email address, which is maybe my username in certain situations, and my password, and I use the shortcut, it'll throw the email up there, 
But then I'll get a little message back when I hit submit with them saying in so many words to put in a legitimate email. So it just doesn't seem to accept what the iPhone is putting up in there in the space. But anyway, just want to let you know that mine did carry over. Thanks, man. Love your show and uh, keep it up. See you later. Well, Jim and Ray, thanks for the feedback, even if it's conflicting feedback. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have just noticed that my lightning connector plug that plugs into the phone itself is starting to show signs of the little gold colored connectors where they're starting to corrode or break and becoming discolored, causing me to think that there is already a bad electrical connection to the phone connectors inside the phone's female socket. My phone case has covers that go over the sockets to keep them dry and free of pocket material. I will be contacting the Genius Bar to find out what we need to do to get this resolved, especially since you can't find lightning connectors by themselves aftermarket yet, and I don't want to be left without my phone because it will not take a charge due to a bad lightning connector. Regards, Matthew S. Matthew, thanks for that feedback. Haven't really seen or heard of anyone else having issues yet with their lightning connectors. If anyone out there has or is seeing wear on their lightning connector or the lightning connector stopped working, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Give us a call or you can send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. One more email here. Hey, Rob, the in-store app store crashes when you use Genius. What's going on there? Regards, Natasha. Well, Tash... I have heard from a few other people that are having the same problem. Seems to be something going on there in iOS 6 and the Genius part of the App Store. Let's see if they get that fixed in the next update. Hello, Rob. This is Carl Brooks with IamThereforeiPad.com. Hey, Rob, I am calling in for updates on my Kickstarter projects. I have supported four physical products from Kickstarter, I've received three of them so far. The first one is Flip Steady for iPad. I actually have the Flip Steady Pro, which has the magnets that turn the iPad on and off. But it's a unique origami type cover that is lightweight, similar to the Apple's smart cover, or it's more compatible now to the smart case that Apple has, except when you flip it back, it automatically turns into a stand. You can flip it portrait, landscape, I mean, so many different positions that you can put it on, and it is a very good product. The second one is called Sound Jaw Unlimited, and it is a clip for the iPad that you clip over the side of your iPad where the speaker is located, because as you know, the speaker is rear-facing so it projects the sound away from you. And so this uh, sound jaw projects the sound back towards the viewer of the screen. And so it, it works very good. And the third product is called Slingshot. It's a smartphone stabilizer slash uh, tripod. It doesn't, it's not a stabilizer where it has weight that you know keeps it steady. It's just so that you can ha- hold your smartphone without putting your hand over the lens and getting taking a picture of your your finger instead of the object or person. And it's a really nice product, and, and it'll fit any size smartphone. And the fourth and final one that I'm still waiting on this one is called Smarter Stand. I'm pretty sure you mentioned that before. It seems like the most simple, simpler of the products, and yet it's taking the longest. Well, maybe it's not taking that long. It's just finished in August, but still just anticipating the arrival. Okay, I hope your listeners can enjoy those, and those products are available for purchase outside of Kickstarter on their own individual website. Thank you, and great show. Carl, thanks for the feedback. And folks, if you have any Kickstarter projects you funded and have gotten those products back, please call us, give us a review of those products, tell us a little bit about them. Did they live up to your expectations? Did they take too long, or did they come out perfect and right away? 206-666-6364, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. And speaking of Kickstarter, the folks working on this next Kickstarter project reached out and asked if we would mention it. It is the high-low lens for the iPhone and iPad. Search high-low, that's one word, H-I-L-O, and then lens, second word, and that should get you there on Kickstarter. They have raised oh, about $6,500 towards a goal of $27,500 with pledges open until November 20th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. What 
this is is a $65 external periscope type lens that lets you take photos and video at 90 degree angle from the normal direction you are pointing your camera at. So now you can go ahead and photograph what is directly above your iPhone. I am not going to joke about this being purchased by all the upskirt photographers that ride the Tokyo subway because that would be, you know, wrong and much too easy of a joke. Nope. Rather, I will say it is good for taking photos of skyscrapers in New York while also being able to watch your bags on the ground next to you. Well, again, search high-low space lens in Kickstarter if you are interested in this one. A while back on the show, we talked about the Color App and the craziness of the $41 million in VC funds it was given before it even launched and said at the time, hey, VCs, you can throw money this way if you want to just throw money away, or something snarky similar to that. And well, now the company Color Labs is reported to be shutting its doors. Or is it? One report on The Verge had the doors being shut down and the money mostly gone. But then another report from the next web, just the very next day, has Apple's Eddie Q riding in on a wide horse and saving the day for the VCs and founder Bill Nguyen. If the latter is true, my only questions are, what type of photos of Eddie Q does Bill Nguyen have? Uh, they must be pretty embarrassing, to say the least, because Eddie spearheaded Apple's purchase of Lala from Nguyen, and now he is reported to be doing the same with color. Both questionable accusations, to say the least, especially given Apple's very tight-fisted approach towards acquisitions. In my mind's eye, I'm guessing the pictures involve Eddie Q, John Travolta, Tom Cruise, a Turkish bathhouse, and or one or more domesticated farm animals. Because outside of that, I just ain't following the logic on this one. Just saying. And the reason I'm not on the Apple mailing list for these invites is... Oh yeah. Over at Sprint, it looks like they will be getting some new overlords in the name of SoftBank, which is going to invest $20 billion in Sprint for a 70% stake in the company. Good news to all of you that purchased Sprint stock with me back when it was just $2.19 a share in January. Now it is $5.70 plus a share, with a tender offer from SoftBank for $7.30 a share. Not a bad ROI in 2012 for a Sprint stock. SoftBank, by the way, was the first carrier in Japan to get the iPhone, so if anything, this strengthens Apple's relationship with Sprint. Not that it seemed like it needed it, but still, it's likely good news for Sprint iPhone owners long-term, as long as they don't kill off unlimited data, that is, which is not likely, uh, the killing off, that is. In other words, it should be status quo for a while now, and if you get the iPhone 5 on Sprint, it likely means the LTE build-out will happen a little bit faster if this acquisition goes through as planned or announced by SoftBank. And speaking of U.S. carriers, hey, it's almost kind of like I planned this stuff. Anyway, speaking of U.S. carriers, Verizon gave us the first look at iPhone 5 sales from last quarter. Overall, Verizon sold a total of 6.8 million smartphones in the quarter. 50% were Androids for 3.4 million units, and 45.6% were iPhones for 3.1 million units, leaving just 4.4% for BlackBerry or Windows Mobile or Phone 7 phones combined. Not really 100% sure Verizon even carries a Windows Phone 7 yet. Of the 3.1 million iPhones sold last quarter, just 651,000 were iPhone 5s. So really, the iPhone 5 did not get a chance to fully impact the quarter for Verizon, as they stated that number was heavily constrained due to lack of iPhone 5s. Last quarter, Android sold 2.9 million, or the quarter before, I should say. Android sold 2.9 million units versus 2.7 million iPhones uh, units for comparison's sake. So Android went from 2.9 to 3.4, and the iPhone went from 2.7 to 3.1, which actually the one person that was out there talking about numbers was Uncle Gene, and he was thinking that last quarter, even with the launch of the iPhone 5, it was going to be about 2.5 million iPhones sold uh, at Verizon. 
Now, in the next week, we'll be getting news from AT&T and then Sprint on how iPhone sales went with them. In the case of AT&T, they usually give a breakout of not just iPhone sales, but smartphone sales overall. It does not look like the analysts have much to say here with AT&T or Sprint, not that I can find yet anyway. But either way, it will be interesting once all three of them get out their numbers, then Apple will give theirs. But so far, based on initial numbers from Just Verizon, Wall Street was not too happy with Apple shares, with them down over $12 in morning trading. Now, I do think investors are overreacting, as I think the Verizon numbers are lower for two reasons. One, as they mentioned, the constraint of available inventory to sell, because it only counts for sales if the units got into the end user's hands. Uh, it, so the, they really didn't talk about how many were ordered. They talked about how many got into the end user's hands. And then two, with Verizon, if you want to keep unlimited data and go to LTE, you have to pay full price for the iPhone 5. I think you'll see much better numbers for this past quarter and for the quarter, actually the current quarter uh, in January when AT&T gives their numbers uh, than you're going to see from Verizon this quarter because of that point. So three months from now when we're talking about AT&T and Verizon, I think you're going to see that the AT&T numbers are actually much better than the Verizon numbers. And I think part of that's going to be because people would have to pay full price if they wanted to keep that unlimited LTE data over at Verizon. And I think when you really break into the Verizon numbers from last quarter, I really think they're actually pretty positive. As I mentioned, the quarter before, Apple sold 2.7 million iPhones. That was iPhone 4s and 4Ss. And then last quarter, Apple sold 2.5 million iPhone 4 and 4Ss, even though everyone knew a new iPhone 5 or whatever they were going to call it was coming out. So everyone really expected the iPhone 4 and 4S sales last quarter to really tank, and it only dropped from 2.7 million to 2.5 million for the quarter. That's not a big drop at all, um, much less of a drop than they had seen from the quarter before the quarter. <laughs> so the first quarter to second quarter drop was bigger than the second quarter to third quarter drop. Uh, and then when you added in the iPhone 5 sales, which were heavily constrained on a lack of inventory, then the number actually grew last quarter. So again, overall, I'm thinking it was pretty positive numbers. For some reason, Wall Street didn't like it. was only 651,000 iPhone 5s. And I don't want to make this all about Apple stock and what's going on, but you have to look what happened to Google uh, yesterday. Google stock dropped like 10, 11% because they missed their numbers. Microsoft came out with numbers that were well below what were expectations. Some people are saying heavily influenced by the fact that there are tablet sales eating into their business. I think when Apple announces their numbers, I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised. Uh, We'll see in about a week. Hello, Rob. This is Doug from Florida. I recently made the switch from the iPhone 4S to the iPhone 5, and I found something that I thought was quite interesting and I haven't heard discussed on your program before. But I notice now that on the uh, when I pull up my usage stats on the My uh, Phone or the My AT&T account page, it says I have the unlimited plan. But if you're on LTE data, it appears that now my unlimited plan gives me 5 gigabytes of data as opposed to the 3 gigabytes that I got on the iPhone 4S with the non-LTE network. So I thought that was interesting and also the pricing. It looks like for the first time there truly is an advantage to having the unlimited plan with the iPhone 5 because now the pricing is $30 as it was for the 4S but if you were to get the regular 5 gigabyte plan it would cost you $45. I was pleasantly surprised, and also, if I go to my usage stats, it says that I have the unlimited 9,999 gigabyte plan, unlimited plan. And it says any overage over this will cost you $0 per megabytes. So I don't know if there's still a bug in their their app, because it just recently came out with an update, but this is still the information it gives me that I have only used about 410 megabytes of my 102389766 megabyte data plan. Thought that was of interest. Check it out. See if anyone else has comments. Enjoy your show. Thank you. Hello, Rob. A a short correction to my prior 
a voice message. Uh, actually, the 4G LTE data plan for the iPhone 5 is priced at $50, which compares to what I have as the carryover unlimited data plan 4G LTE at 5 gigabytes, which is still at the $30. Thank you. Doug, thanks for the feedback. We actually did mention the 5 gigabyte uh, limit for when you went to LTE, but we mentioned it a long time ago when AT&T first announced it or first came out. Haven't mentioned it recently, so it's good to mention it again. So again, thank you for the feedback. And really haven't gone over the fact that the data plans are more expensive now and that if you had the unlimited, you are actually good thing that you kept the unlimited and stayed with unlimited. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, you mentioned a few stories about how Find My iPhone saved the day in a few recent cases of iOS theft. Find My iPhone can be great if you've misplaced your phone or say left it in a taxi of non-malicious iOS device loss type situation. However, I've always wondered in the case of theft, what's to keep the thief from turning off location services for Find My iPhone? Has it just been the case that these thieves don't know enough to do that on stolen iOS devices? Also, if a thief were to immediately do a reset all and wipe your phone as soon as it was stolen, would Find My iPhone still work for the original if it was restored as new iPhone with a different user, assuming that after the restore they did even location, uh, did leave location services on for Find My iPhone? Thanks, regards, Matt in Philadelphia, PA. Hi, Matt. Thanks for the question. You are correct. If the device is not pass lock protected, they could go in and do a full wipe, restore, or even turn off Find My iPhone. That is if it's not protected. But if it is pass lock protected and it is an iPhone, even if you, quote, turn off the phone, unquote, it is not fully turned off. It still gets a wireless connection. This is the brilliant part about the iPhones. You can't remove the battery. One of the first things knowledgeable robbers do when they swipe a Galaxy smartphone, other than curse because they thought they were grabbing an iPhone, uh, is to remove the battery. Now the phone is untrackable. With the iPhone, they don't have that option. With a Wi-Fi iPad, tracking is not as easy. You need uh, for the device to be turned on and scanning Wi-Fi locations to have their geolocation submitted to the database that, data, that Apple uses for location info to get its approximate location. If the iPad is turned off, you can't find it. Again, Find My iPhone works best when you have your pass lock code on your iOS device so the bad guys can't turn it off or wipe the device. Well, they can turn it off, but they can't wipe the device. I mean, sure, I'm sure there are some dumb criminals that don't know about wiping the iOS device for, for those that are unlocked when they get a hold of them, but they are probably the smaller subset of criminals. Key is, if you are traveling, put in a passcode lock for your iOS device. Remove it when you get back from your trip if you must, but when you're traveling, if you're worried about it getting lost or stolen, especially the stolen part, especially if you're going to New York City where they call it apple picking, put in the passcode lock for your iPhone. This way, if it gets swiped, they can't go in and wipe it and uh, turn it off completely such that you can't track it. Okay, I want to talk jailbreaking. I keep getting questions on jailbreaking of iOS 6. And I will say this, there is not, repeat, not currently an untethered jailbreak for iOS 6. There is a tethered jailbreak for iOS 6, kind of, sort of, but only for select iOS devices running on A4 processors, i.e. iPhone 4, iPhone 3GS, and 4th gen iPod Touch. So no, in my mind, there is not a jailbreak available for iOS 6. And until there is an untethered jailbreak, there will be no tutorials from me, as I do not ever recommend doing the tethered jailbreak. That is just for devs to test out. If you do one of these, don't send in an email saying that all things have gone to heck in a handbasket. I'm not going to be able to help you. The other question people are asking is when will there be a jailbreak for the iPhone 5 with iOS 6? And well, at this point, it is really, really hard to say. It is not an easy thing. It is looking, however, 
less and less likely an untethered jailbreak for iOS 6 for the iPhone 5 or iPhone 4S will be available this year, and maybe not even in Q1 of 2013. There are updates to Red Snow version 0.9.15b1 that will help some to do a tether jailbreak, but again, that really is only for the devs that need to do that for testing. There are some other features uh, with that version, but really it is rather confusing on what exactly you can and can't do with it, and if you need blobs or not. So let's just say this. An untethered jailbreak for iOS 6 and the iPhone 5 specifically, yeah, that's not going to happen anytime soon. If you are holding off getting the iPhone 5 for the jailbreak, time to stop holding off or holding your breath. It isn't going to happen and not anytime soon. Sorry. Thanks to Thomas in Tuscaloosa for the heads up on his instructable post about how he did a modification of a ProClip iPhone 4 4S car cradle so that it can then manage working with an iPhone 5 and get the iPhone 5 to fit in it. Links in the show notes to episode 244. Look for the one titled Mod iPhone 4 Car Cradle for the iPhone 5. Thanks, Thomas, for the heads up on that one. Not sure how big a fish story this next one is, but here goes. A person six months ago accidentally dropped his iPhone 4S in a lake right next to the dock. Well, I'm assuming it was an accident at least. The lake was murky and dark and the water was deep and he could not find it. Six months later, the water levels have lowered and the water is clearer. And there is his iPhone sitting in the lake or at the bottom of the lake. He plucked it out, dried it off, and was able to power it up. Now, it's not without issues, major issues, but at least when connected to a power source, he can power it up. I don't recommend testing out this urban myth on your own, or actually suburban myth, or rural myth, I guess, wherever this lake happened to be. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Looks like if you don't have a Mac, you have lost the ability to share new reminder lists via iCloud or to stop existing shared reminders. Have you heard of anything about this? Regards, Javier. Javier? No, I have not. Uh, If anyone out there knows anything about this, can help Javier out about how he can use uh, reminder lists on a non-Mac, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Next email. Hi, Rob. In episode 243, you mentioned going to the iBookstore to find the iPhone user guide for iOS 6. Just wanted to let you know that this is also available right from your iPhone by opening up Safari and then bookmarks and then scrolling down and you'll see iPhone user guide. Regards, Tim in Wisconsin. Thanks, Tim. Brilliant. Hi, Rob. In Australia, all cell numbers start with 04, then an eight digits after that. Unfortunately, my iPhones don't always correctly look up the names of the person who is calling you because it appears the iPhone only looks at the last six digits for matching. I get the first person on the list with the matching last six digits, while in some cases it is an entry of another person with the same last six digits, so incorrect entry is displayed. Storing numbers in full international format does not help, I wondered if you knew a way around this problem. Regards, Serge in Australia. Well, Serge, first thing I would say is go into the settings app, then general, then go to international, and then see where your region format is set. It should be set for Australia. If that's where you purchased the phone, make sure it is. If it is and you're still having this issue or if uh, someone else is out there in Australia and they have this issue and they have fixed the issue, please let us know again. But my first suggestion would be go to settings, general, international, and then check your region format. Make sure you have it set for your country. I would recommend that to anyone listening, actually, that's outside the U.S. And hey, I'd recommend it for you in the U.S. too if your phone's acting a little wonky. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have an odd request. I tend to listen to audiobooks played on the iPod app. But sometimes I would like to listen to music, but here's the problem. If I listen to anything from my music library, I instantly lose my place in the audiobook. The app keeps the played information, yes, but not which chapter I was up to. Uh, 
So I'm basically looking for an extra app that'll allow me to play music from my library on the iPhone, but doesn't use the native player. I need the native iPod app to be the audiobook player, and then I will use another app to play the audiobook when I go to sleep. Uh, I like to the way the app NotBot works. I have found an app called Louder Logic, but I really don't like it. I just occasionally want the mu uh, to play music, but don't need the flashy display and detailed controls. Basic controls are just fine. I honestly thought it would have been easier to find something, but who knew? Regards, Paul in New Zealand. Paul, thanks for the feedback and the question, and I'm going to throw this one out to the audience. If anyone can help Paul, please give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. So Apple, as you may remember, lost a case in the UK where it said Samsung had copied the iPad with their Galaxy tablet. In that case, the judge said uh, that Samsung tablets were not as cool as the iPad and no one would mistake them as copies, and later ordered Apple to put out print ads apologizing to Samsung for saying that Samsung had copied the iPad. And now that judge has said those apologies need to be in at least 14-point Arial font. So I ask you, what wording, meme, or whatever you want to call it, you can come up with for this apology? Send me your thoughts. My initial thought is to use the judge's own word in the apology, or words in the apology, something like this. Dear Samsung, we at Apple are sorry we accused you of copying the iPad when you designed your tablet. If we had been thinking more clearly, we would have seen what Judge Colin Burse saw when he said, quote, Galaxy tablets do not have the same understated and extreme simplicity which is possessed by the Apple design. They are not as cool, unquote. I guess when we said you copied, what we really meant was you attempted to copy but fell way short. Again, per the judge's ruling, we just wanted to say we are sorry we accused you of copying. Reality is you give real copiers a bad name. We should have said you vainly tried to copy the iPad but came up with a shallow shell of a device whose sales are a joke and now sit idly in the drawers of those few poor souls that were unfortunate enough to have purchased one. Again, sorry for implying you successfully copied the iPad. You definitely did not, regards Tim Cook, CEO of Apple. Again, if you have a short and sweet apology for Samsung in 14-point and Arial font, please let me know. This is Max, Rockford, Michigan. Just want a question from you. May I replay some of your audio on my video cast? It's, I'm just me. I'm nobody. So, yeah, please um, leave me a voicemail back. I just want to play snippets here and there to further, you know, cement iOS in people's minds. I love it. Love your podcast. Bye. Max, thanks for the email asking. And yes, you may use clips. This show, and I probably haven't said it in a while, is created under a Creative Commons license and under an attribution part of that. So as long as you say where you got the clip from, you are free. Anyone is free to use clips from this show. I just want proper attribution back to the show. Hey, Rob, it's Ken from South Jersey. Have you noticed the little slit between the flash and the camera lens and the iPhone 5? It's not there on the iPhone 4 or the 4S. And my assumption is it's a light sensor to help with low light photography. So I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. And maybe, uh, maybe I missed it. Maybe they did cover it in the keynote and I just uh, blanked out during that period of it. Thanks again for all you do, Rob. Hi, Ken. What you're seeing there between the camera and the flash on the back of the iPhone 5 is not a low-light sensor. It is a new microphone. So that is the back-facing microphone on the iPhone 5, which will help you when you're shooting video uh, using that back camera. And they did actually point that out in one of the slides in the keynote when they were going over the iPhone 5. They did have an uh, arrow pointing to the back to that little notch. So yes, that was actually in the keynote. And if you actually Google iPhone 5 microphones, you'll find that picture for that slide. 
Okay, without a doubt, the best out-of-context quote I have seen in a press release in a long, long, long time actually comes from a press release the company I work for put out. It is, quote, banging of the F.U. gong brought the banquet to a climax, unquote. For those not in the know, I work for Libsyn and Wizard Media, which is part of what was known as Wizard Software. We actually merged with a company from China called FAB and changed our name to FAB Universal Corp. And we changed our ticker symbol from the hard to remember WZE to the almost impossible to forget FU. Hence the banging of the FU gong. What does that have to do with iOS? Well, that is who hosts this podcast and does my app. And if I tweeted or Googled plus that quote, uh, they probably would have been, dude, and not sure if the Chinese side has a sense of humor yet. So figured I'd just mention it on the show. Okay, so here is the plan for the next episode. I plan on getting it up shortly after October 23rd announcement. We shall see what shortly means, but it will go up on the 23rd just might be late on the 23rd. I will be in Pittsburgh the last weekend of the month. I'll be attending and speaking at PodCamp Pittsburgh. So if you are in the Pittsburgh area or driving distance to Pittsburgh, I hope to see you there. I'll be attending the Kansas City Startup Weekend the weekend of November 16th. So hopefully we'll get some interesting stories from that. And if you're in the Kansas City area, hope to see you at that event. Finally, I will be speaking at the New Media Expo in Las Vegas in January. My session, which is how to audio podcast 100% from an iPad, will be on Monday, the 7th of January. New Media Expo is the biggest and the best national conference if you are looking to get info on blogging and podcasting for both beginners and experts alike. And if you plan to go to the New Media Expo, use the code M100D. Yeah, nice and memorable. And it expires after October 21st, but it gives you $100 off registration for the New Media Expo. Uh, again, M100D. It's not an affiliate link. I do not get anything from that. You just save 100 bucks. So again, use the code M100DM100D. I have been to every blog world, or New Media Expo as it's now called, which this is the eighth, and I do find them to be of great value. And you'll definitely learn some valuable info if you go. Plus, it is a great networking event. I hope to see you there in Las Vegas, uh, January 6th, 7th, and 8th. As always, I want to remind you out there, if you have any tips, tricks, questions, comments, concerns, whatever, and you'd like to get it up on the show, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or you can record it on your iOS device and email it, mail it to us at todayinios at gmail.com. Of course, you can also email in text questions to that email as well. I do my best to get as many uh, phone uh, recording messages up and email messages up in the show. There is no way for me to get them all. I have well over a thousand old voicemail messages I've never made up on the show. So again, I do do my best as I, you know, the best I can at least to fit in as many voicemail messages. Don't let that hold you back. Please send them in. Tips uh, always get the highest priority. So if you have a tip, please get those in to me. Uh, keep them pithy. Shortest ver um, voicemail messages also bump to the top of the list. So if you send me in one that's five minute versus one that's uh, 50 seconds, 50 second one is always going to get trumped over the uh, five minute one. And of course, if you have answers to any of the questions that were put forth by other listeners in today's show, or just want to correct something that I messed up again, let us know. 206-666-6364. It's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send that recording again to todayinios at gmail.com. I want to thank SquareTrade for sponsoring today's show. If you go to squaretrade.com forward slash TII, you'll save $30 on your iPhone 5 warranty. Again, squaretrade.com forward slash TII to save $30 on your new iPhone 5's warranty. Great thing about SquareTrade warranty is they'll continue to cover your iPhone 5 even if you jailbreak it. So if you're planning to jailbreak your iPhone 5 when the jailbreak is eventually available, look at SquareTrade, AppleCare Plus, jailbreaking it does void the warranty. And that, folks, does it for us today. Until the next time, which will actually be pretty soon, October 23rd, 
I'm your host, Rob, at Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.